Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Nerd Related Podcast. We are back with another episode, y'all. We're here um, in the den, as I call my game room down here. I'll probably post a video about it soon. But hey, we wanted to get back to making podcasts. Um, we've taken quite a big hiatus from what was going to be a weekly event. Life gets in the way. There's definitely some um, personal issues happening on the team. So I wanted to give a shout out to Ray um, and his family in a difficult time right now. So won't go too much into that, but we're thinking about you guys. Um, and it just didn't feel right putting the podcast out there during during some difficult times there. But um, now we're going to just go ahead and, and move on. So it's just me today. Got Lobo, a.k.a. Brian out here. Um, it's going to be my first podcast by myself, which is quite honestly going to feel weird because I do like to talk and just having conversations is going to be interesting. But now when you're talking to yourself, um, it does uh, get a little strange. So bear with me as we kind of move through some of this stuff and and really get to it. So there's a couple things I wanted to talk about today. Um, and we're going to start with um, some series that just basically ended here uh, over the last couple weeks. So we're going to start with Invincible. So y'all, if you guys are not checking out Invincible, check out my Facebook page. I got a couple comments on there, um, posts talking about it too. But listen, if you like comic books, if you like comic book adaptations, if you like adult um, themes and adult cartoons, Invincible is the show for you. I cannot stress enough um, how much and how great this show is. Uh, really is the comic books I've never personally read. I'm a big Marvel guy, super into the X-Men. If you've listened to some of our podcasts in the past, um, now that the show's blowing up on Amazon Prime, it's an Amazon Prime show. So if you have Prime, you already have access to it. If you don't, you probably should. Everyone should have Amazon Prime as you're more than likely order things from there. But yeah, man, I mean, the show's blowing up. Comic book store I frequent has Invincible posters everywhere now. And uh, people are trying to get their hands on these books, raising the price, making them harder to get. Um, but the show is incredible, y'all. We'll start off. Some of this stuff is going to have some um, some spoilers, y'all. So if you haven't watched Invincible or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you probably should turn away right now. <laughs> Stop listening, y'all, because I'm about to talk about some things in these shows that clearly um, are going to ruin it for you. And the reality is that we need to, for sure, uh, warn some of you guys because, you know, people get mad about spoilers. I'll tell you a little story right now that uh, my wife got mad at me over. And I honestly, I think it's her fault, but here we go. Talking about spoilers, right? So um, Die Hard is unquestionably one of the best action movies, right? So Alan Rick, Rittman or Rittner is in it. The guy from Harry Potter. Anyways, um, one of her favorite actors. She loves him. She always has. So she had never seen Die Hard. I'm talking about Die Hard 1, like the first Die Hard movie. So she's I'm watch, I'm about to watch and she's like, oh, is that um, Snape? And I'm like, yeah, that's Snape. He's in the movie. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to watch it. And she said something about how he was cute or something. I was like, that's why his ass fell off the roof and dies. <laughs> so it really uh, ruined the movie for us. She said I spoiled it. But the movie's like 20 years old. You can't spoil a movie that's been out for two decades. Um, but that taught me a lesson to really listen or ask the question, right? Have you seen it? Do you care about spoilers? So here we are, y'all. If you care turn back, leave, go away. You don't want to be here. So we're going to go ahead and jump in um, to Invincible, right? So uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Like I said, it has eight episodes. It just ended, y'all, um, this Friday, this past Friday. What, April 30th was the last episode. So what's the show about if you haven't watched it um, and don't care about spoilers? And if you have, right? So it's a kid um, who's half human, half Viltrumite. Uh, and he gets his superpowers, so he becomes a superhero, uh, gets his suit created, or he gets inspired to create a suit, um, and calls himself Invincible, which we'll get back to that in a second. Um, anyways, his pops is Omni-Man, so probably the world's strongest superhero from what we can see. It's basically a, a Superman-esque type character. He can do it all super strong and basically has no no counterpart no one that can really mess with the guy 
So this dude is from Viltrumites, lied to everyone, as you know, through the entire series. Um, kind of a weird guy. In episode one, dude, if you don't like the show after the first episode, I don't know what to tell you. The dude goes bananas and kills the Guardians of the Globe, which is kind of like their Justice League. Um, he just goes ham. Those fight scenes are crazy. Um, Robert Kirkman, I believe. want to make sure that's... That's right, his last name. I want to make sure. Um, is involved, right? So it has some gory stuff, kind of like The Walking Dead. But it's crazy. So, like, the dude goes in there and is just chopping dudes up. Blood everywhere. Guts everywhere. It's insane. At the end of the first episode, I was hooked. I was like, never read the comics. But this shit is amazing. So over the course of time, y'all, right? So, like... It's going, and um, you're introduced to Mark, who's uh, played by Stephen Yuen. Um, J.K. Simmons is in it. Sandra Oh. So the characters are cool. The voices are amazing. Um, it's really an awesome show. But if you don't like gory stuff, like my wife was sitting there, she's like, what the hell are you watching? This is crazy for a cartoon. So if that piques your interest, hopefully check it out. Anyways. So he gets his powers in episode one. He's a late bloomer, doesn't know what's going to happen. And now we get into the normal high school teenager stuff. The, the dude was kind of like a, a no one. Now he has powers. He has a little bit of confidence. He always seemed to be like a good guy. Protects a girl named Amber. Super smart girl. Um, and they kind of start dating, right? She's very smart, but... End of the day, um, secret identities, identities are a bitch to conceal. So, obviously, everyone starts finding out who he actually is. Um, he has a girl, another girl that has a crush on him, but who's also a superhero. So, all that teenage kind of drama, tri love triangles, people cheating on stuff, but kind of amped up to, to an adult level where there's threesomes happening in showers with multiple girl who can clone herself into different people or can separate into different people. So it's pretty, actually pretty wild. Anyway. So as the audience, you know, um, Omni-Man kind of messes up the, the guardians of the globe, right? But there's no proof to why he did it or how he did it. Was he under control? So their, their government agency, kind of like their version of shield or in the works behind the scenes, uh, helps Omni-Man kind of, you know, get back into where he needs to be. End of the day, uh, he recovers fairly quickly. The dude's damn near invincible. Like his son's name. Um, anyways, you know something's off there, right? But, dude, the fight scenes are amazing. It gets crazy. Long story short, Pops is not who he says he is. He's sent to Earth to kind of colonize it and make it a part of the Viltrumite Empire. They ain't playing no games. These guys basically killed off half their population and only the strong survived, which turned them into some crazy-ass empire-conquering race. Kind of has a little, like, Saiyan feel where they're sending out their people to different um, worlds to conquer the world or get them ready for um, annexation or invasion. So you get that kind of vibe from it. But a couple of things we learned. They're basically in... Um, immortal so now they live for thousands of years damn near so it's just of a speck let me tell you omni man is a savage my guy <laughs> this dude is a savage as he's going through you start noticing it a little by little by little um things that he's saying things he doesn't care about he's very savage so as you find out who he really is there's a line that kind of been sticking with everyone including myself um where Mark's asking him, like, why'd you do it? Why, you know, this isn't you. You're being controlled. What about mom? I know you love her. And he's like, yeah, you know, I love her like a pet. <laughs> what? What? This dude went straight savage, my guy. Straight savage, people. Omni-Man is that dude. It's basically, you know, Superman as a villain. The guy doesn't care. He's just killing everything that he can at some point, you know. Going forward, um, the fight scene between Omni-Man and Invincible, Mark, um, and his pops, 
in Chicago, it's basically happening. They're they're having a fight all across the Midwest. It looks like one thing came to mind, right? When people were complaining about um, Man of Steel and when he's fighting General Zod and the destruction is just everywhere, buildings are falling, people are dying. In Invincible, uh, it's a very similar thing. They're having a fight, you know, very similar. Super powered folks that have no equals. Buildings are falling down. There's explosions. Cars are splatting people, um, falling on folks. Invincible is doing his best to try to keep some of the collateral from happening. A building's about to fall down. He's trying to stop it. It's it's actually pretty crazy. Kind of gut-wrenching. Like He's holding a building up. A girl and her mom are about to fall out. He reaches out to hold the mom before she falls off the building. He can't hold it no more. The building falls. He's just holding a a damn arm with no body attached to it. The girl's dead. It's absolutely wild, y'all. Um, the show's pretty cool. It looks like they're ripping things straight from the comics as well. There's certain scenes a lot of people online are excited about. Uh, when he eats a sandwich in space, I guess that's in the book. I've never personally seen it, but that's that's cool, right? When they rip things straight uh, out of the source material to show you know what's going on. One thing that um, wasn't anticipated from from Pops, from Omni-Man, was he does have some type of feeling towards Mark because he was beating his ass. So throughout this fight, Mark Mark can't hang with him. He's just he's not experienced enough. He has similar powers, similar strength, but he's just not ready to, to fight his Pops. But um, Pops hesitates and leaves, which to me, probably, since I haven't read the books and this is out of pure just ignorance, I'm thinking... Since he's lived for thousands of years, he probably has other kids somewhere else. So he went to go find another kid to come and, and kill Mark because he personally can't do it. He just can't do it. Um, can't get rid of, of his little son that uh, he's grown attached to as much as he says he doesn't care about anything but the mission. He clearly couldn't finish him out, and he could have. One thing I do want to say about this show and uh, the name of the show and everything in general is how are you going to call yourself invincible and just keep getting whooped? I don't, I don't remember the name of the the lion dude in the skyscraper. <laughs> what episode was that? I can't remember what episode that was. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It was probably episode five, I think it was. Um... He teams up with a villain, a dude saying he wants to get out. He has a family, yada, yada. Clearly, ulterior motives. He's using Invincible to get himself some more power, um, which is fine, right? That's usually how it happens. Take advantage of our hero's heart and uh, willingness to, to help people out. Anyways, the main guy has some backup and some bodyguards. And one of these dudes is like an interdimensional warrior. He's like a lion. The dude is big as hell and strong as hell. And he beats Mark's ass and the new Guardians of the Galaxy 2.0 that replaced the ones that Omni-Man murdered. Um, he's just whooping them. He almost kills Monster Girl, whoops up on Invincible, damn near to the point of death. And it's always weird when you have a name like Invincible. Like, you shouldn't be losing, man. <laughs> like, he got whooped by dude. His dad beat his ass. When he was in Mars, he had a little bit of trouble. So he's still growing, right? This is basically him uh, maturing into getting his powers. He just got them, you know, in this eight-episode arc. Uh, so we'll see more of him as he gets bigger and stronger and, and finishes high school, you know, as he says at the end of the show. But what's cool about the show is the themes of it. Um, our main character is half Asian, so that's awesome. We got a minority lead, Amber who's his main girl, uh, is a black girl who's hella smart and is doing things and catches on right away to what's happening. And she ain't taking no shit. Calls him out on, you know, what he's not doing. Tells him what she wants, what she doesn't like. And it's just one of those things where rep uh, representation matters. And it's cool to see on screen. As a minority myself, I, I love seeing that. And I'm excited to see where the rest of the show goes as well as other mediums as they're bringing on more and more things like this uh, miss marvel is coming out soon um i'm hoping we'll have more and more characters uh join the fray i think young avengers is going to be is slowly building up we'll talk about that uh i don't know if we'll do it today but more in the future
but things like that matter, man. And um, you'll enjoy the show. It's it's gory, it's bloody. Uh, the fights are amazing, and ultimately, Mark's kind of a dumbass right now, and some of us can relate to that initially in those high school years. So that's pretty much it about Invincible. We'll probably have a review video. Maybe Party Panda, a.k.a. Ray, will have a review video since he loves the show as much as I do. Or uh, Diego, a.k.a. Also, we were just talking about the show last night and how amazing it was. So one of us will for sure bring you a YouTube video with a review. But wanted to get my thoughts out on his podcast around that since we're talking about things that ended in April. <laughs> All right, y'all. So moving on. Another show that ended a couple weeks ago, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, yo, as I mentioned, you guys know this already. I am a Marvel fan. Love it. I love the MCU, what they've done with it so far. I love the comic books. I kind of stay within the X-Men side of things, but I'll branch out like I'm reading King and Black right now. Um, I read the Doctor Doom series that for some inexplicable reason was canceled. Um... I'm reading the, uh, right now, it's not the Inhumans, the Eternals, reading the Eternals, watching Thanos and company have some adventures, but what they're doing on Disney Plus, y'all, is pretty awesome. WandaVision was amazing. The show was cool. Um, the ending was kind of interesting to me, and won't get too much into that as we do have some videos on that, but um, let us straight into you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This show is awesome, y'all. So first off, it only has six episodes on Disney+. Plus. Again, if you haven't watched it, turn away, go back, leave, stop listening. But um, the show really explores what happens or what happened after we brought all those people back with a snap. So it's an interesting thing that we didn't really think about um, as fans in general. I'm sure some people have, but when you're watching the movies and um, Iron Man brings everyone back and everyone's like, yeah, that sacrifice happened. Let's go. Everyone's back on your left. Falcon's coming over. Show, um, you know, cap shoulder and Dr. Strange teleporting everyone in to join the fight and end game. All cool stuff, right? Well, guess what, y'all? <laughs> when you bring back billions of people that were gone for five years, things happen. So now, it used to be one world. All the survivors during that five-year span were working together and kind of healing because they didn't know what happened or how to come back, right? But now everyone's back. So you have displaced people. Borders are cropping back up. All the... Um, politicians and world leaders are back. So now we want to come back and, and restore what the world was like before. So that's interesting, right? It's a, it's a thing that social economic issue within the MCU is being explored at a kind of at the, it's a little bit more than surface wise because we see, you know, Sam and his sister trying to get a loan and not being able to. Um, but what that created was people being dislodged or starting to band together and they need a leader, which is uh, Carly. So end of the day, there's a group called the, the Flag Smashers who want it to go back to the way it was prior to everyone returning. So prior to the third snap, I believe at this point, um, and they need a leader, and they have a leader, and that leader uh, comes in the form of a, I don't know if they want to call her a teenage girl or or what. Um, she's definitely probably 17, 18, under 21 for sure. Um, and it's one of those things, right, that we take for granted. So think about the laws and everything that's coming back. So they're, they're having to restore borders they're having to make rules again there's refugees from other places as those lines were erased think about you've been gone for five years don't know where the hell you've been and you come back and there's people living in your house 
you get snapped back to where you were when you left initially and you're there's people been living there for five years or X amount of years or family members that were alive that day and you came back and now they're gone. We saw that with Monica Rambro and WandaVision. So exploring that side of what's happening to these to normal people, um, not just emotionally or psychologically, but how does that impact the world economically and um, with the rule set? So anyways, they have... Um, to come back and, and basically get people their shit back. <laughs> so you have to give me my house. It's my house. I don't care how long you've lived here. Those type of scenarios. Um, governments wanting refugees to leave. So you're basically kicking out half of the population that was left onto the street with nowhere to go. So that creates a sentiment um, and a form and formed a group called the Flag Smashers. So these people are trying to help um, with, you know, different resources that they can give those displaced people trying to stop legislation from being passed. Um, that's going to officially kick everyone out into the nothingness with nothing to have, nowhere to go. And... That in itself is is interesting, right? They need a leader. Somebody steps up. Um, and it comes in the form of, you know, Carly, who's just an anti-patriot at this point, uh, just because there's no real other name to, to call it. What makes it even worse for them, because I'm sure people would rally behind Carly and everyone else just based on the situation, is they go to Madripoor, where we meet Sharon Carter, who's been kicked out of the U.S. since Civil War for giving Steve his shield back. And we find out that the power broker has a scientist there who has developed a super soldier serum. So Carly was working with the power broker. End of the day, they got 20 vials and started creating or making themselves super soldiers. So that's really where the conflict comes as you guys know that serum regardless of who's making it at this point we've seen what it did to dr banner um we've seen what it's done to other folks that have tried to take it it really has only worked on steve or so we thought um or most people think that don't read any of the books because it enhances who you really are deep down inside so a lot of people took the super soldier serum and they started committing terrorist acts right to to help themselves um really figure out what's going on i think the show is cool they explore a lot of different things they explore racism um how it how it really affects everything we find out isaiah and a group of black soldiers took the super soldier serum before steve and were left to rot behind enemy lines or isaiah spent his entire life in prison having experiments done to him and that's something that the public never knew right it's things like that um the mcu isn't free of racism right it, it's alive and well and they kind of tackle that on straight on like being captain america sam didn't even thought think he deserved it he gave the shield up um which brings in right it's gonna bring in a new character which some of you guys never knew before. And that's John Walker. Um, John Walker in the comic book spent a lot of time. Uh, I mean, he was a super patriot. He decorated war hero. Uh, eventually, he is chosen, you know, over time to replace Cap. Or uh, to replace Steve Rogers as Captain America. So in this show, what's cool about the show is all three of the main characters at some point in the books... Um, down, you know, that shield and the moniker of Cap, right? So you have Sam, um, the Falcon, who becomes, this is basically his his show right now. You have Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, also eventually had it, and John Walker. So John Walker is not necessarily a bad person. He's just been through some shit, y'all. He's a decorated hero. He's had some uh, military awards for coming back, but things that are tied to that, and he says that in the series, right? Like, we did some stuff to get these medals, um, it changes you. So 
when he takes the serum, it that amplifies things. So, anyways, long story short, we have a new Captain America who's powerless. Eventually, he finds one of the serums. He injects himself with it, and we get one of the craziest scenes I think in the MCU. One of the most impactful scenes, anyways. His buddy, um, Battlestar, gets killed by Carly. And John loses his shit. And he hunts down one of the Flag Smashers. Beats him to the ground with his newfound super strength. And then he uses Cap's shield to decapitate the man. In an episode that I believe was called The World is Watching. Because everyone had their phones out. Recording. So now you have Captain America as the murderer. Um... And we can't have the symbol, you know, the symbol of hope as a just cold-blooded murderer. So John Walker gets that title stripped. Uh, there's a really cool fight scene between um, Bucky, Sam, and John fighting over the shield, trying to get the shield back, um, which Sam and Bucky ultimately do get the shield from them and take it from them. And it's really just one of those things where where it's cool. I mean, we see the introduction of Zemo comes back to the MCU uh, as Bucky breaks him out of jail to help them track down Carly. Zemo hates super soldiers. He wants them all to be dead. Um, so he's highly motivated to get this done. And he has connections. He's rich. He's been to Madripoor before. Um, so you have that villain who has a personal vendetta against you know, super supers in general because of what happened to his family and his homeland. And it, it's kind of something that's relatable. It, it, it helps with Marvel's villain problem outside of Loki. Most of them has kind of been like, eh, I mean, Thanos was hardcore beast, but everyone else is like, eh, at least with Zemo, you're like, all right, I get it. You know, I can kind of see where you're coming from on, on that front. Sharon Carter, y'all Sharon Carter. I hope this is wrong. Again, big spoiler here. Sharon Carter, they they don't actually say it on the show. I think maybe some articles are claiming it's been confirmed by the show creator. I honestly didn't look it up. But Sharon Carter's been living in Madripoor and she appears to be the power broker. When I say she appears to be is for two reasons. One, she doesn't really go into the container to talk or confront to the scientist initially. Second thing is she's, she has a bunch of people helping her out. And then she started making calls and they're kind of hinting at it. She calls Bartok, uh, Batrock, who is actually uh, George St. Pierre MMA fans. He's out here, you know, having some fights. And that's one of those things where, all right, like, yeah, I get it. They had to give her something cool. And I guess it's interesting, right? We're giving more... Um, power to some of those characters we've met along the way especially a lot of the women characters that were kind of really side stories towards the end she's basically confirmed as the power broker what i'm hoping happens is that it's not her i hope it's someone else and it's kind of like a misdirect i think sharon's a, an important character in general i like her having that that bad side and being an antagonist but I just feel like there's a bigger opportunity with the power with the power broker and Madripoor. If you guys don't know, Madripoor is a big place for X-Men. Wolverine has a bar there. And you see some of that as you're moving through when they're in the city, which actually is a pretty cool um, city in general. But he has an alter ego there that has a bar and he spends time there. The X-Men frequent there all the time. Mutants in general, I shouldn't say X-Men. Um... So we'll see that place again if the X-Men are going to truly come into the MCU at some point here soon, which they will. We just have to figure out what that looks like. But there has to be something bigger at play there. I don't know if Sharon's necessarily the biggest or the best way to go, but we'll see. They're gonna, the Power Broker is just a moniker, right? Anyone can take that up later. But one of the, the cool things about this show is seeing that transformation of Sam from thinking he didn't deserve that shield to really knowing that it that it should be his and he should take it up. Those conversations with Isaiah saying, like, why would you even want to be Captain America? Like, 
look what they've done to us, the sacrifices we've done and we've never gotten anything for it. And those conversations are impactful. Um, in the last episode, when Sam embraces it uh, fully and becomes Captain America, let's just start by saying that the suit he's wearing is straight fire, bro. Ripped completely out of the comic book, comic book pages. Amazing. The way that it is, the design was super cool because it looked super faithful, y'all. It's like for the purest, dude, like the suit was amazing. It looks great. As you can tell, it's it's different from Caps as Caps is more blue. Um, the base is blue with blue, you know, with white and red kind of sprinkled in. Sam's base is white um, with blue and, and red sprinkled in. But he looks amazing when the wings pop up with the colors and he has his shield geeked on him. And the first fight he has in a comic book says Captain America when Sam Wilson's first fight, you know, he's fully, fully geeked up. Um, it's a guy, it's against Batrock. So they kept that initial fight too. Like his first fight as a fully dressed up, embraced Captain America is against the same guy that it was in a comic book. So that's pretty awesome. Um, we see some more tech out of it. Bucky actually got him this suit. So it's looking like um, Shuri from Wakanda, the Black Panther's sister, is going to be the new tech person for the Avengers, y'all. Um, we know she's she made uh, Bucky's arm. We know she's done other things for um, T'Challa and the Black Panther. I wonder who's going to re reply to that role, but we'll see. We'll talk about that later. Um, so it seems like she's the one that made uh sam's captain america suit and let me tell you man it looks freaking awesome there's a scene where a, a truck is about to fall off the side of a construction site um and he's holding it off with his jetpack and gets little drones attached to the car to push it back up that's super cool something new um that he didn't necessarily have the red wing is even more amazing now um as he's he was doing that helicopter scene that was freaking awesome but let's talk about the growth between both characters, Bucky and Sam. Sam's kind of fighting with home stuff. Him and his sister are trying to get a loan to save the family business. Um, in the South, banks aren't really cooperating, even though he's a freaking Avenger. I, I saw online some people were like, well, Tony Stark didn't pay any of these folks. They don't have no money to like live good lives. I mean, I get that, right? I, I share, I kind of see the sentiment. However, Man, Tony gave them a place to stay, you know, at Avenger Tower or Avenger Compound. It didn't look like they ever needed any meals because they were being fed. He gave them all the tech they needed. Could he have given them or started them some type of fun? Sure. I mean, I get it, but something else has to come with that. Like the government, if we're having to report to the government with the Wakanda Accords, then y'all should pay me. I should be able to get straight loans whenever i need them or hell you should just pay me so i don't need loans but anyways that's a part of the theme at the beginning of the series um bucky's growth trying to make amends he's carrying around um cap's notebook with things he wanted to do and he's has the names of people that he's wronged or killed and trying to make that right um so there's that theme of of him trying to get over the the evil things he did as the winter soldier and it's really all about that growth between those characters um, as Sam develops and realizes he shouldn't have gave up the shield and he does want to become Captain America because of what it symbolizes. It's a cool moment, man, when he's saving that truck I mentioned earlier and there's a bunch of people kind of cheering and excited and he's like, that's the Falcon and another one, another black guy's like, no, man, that's Captain America. Like, that's a big moment, y'all. Like, especially if you've been watching the show and Isaiah's telling you like they would never let us or let a black man be Captain America. And like no one lets Sam do it. He just did it. So he went out and took it. Um, the praise should go all the way out to Anthony Mackie, man. He, that final speech he gave to the senators was freaking awesome. He killed it. Like legit, absolutely killed that speech. 
talking about the power that they have to the to the folks that were left the government and those politicians have the same type of power that Thanos had and he's talking about how it makes him feel and how as a black man he gets that feeling and always has and everything else that comes with that yeah he's Captain America right now it's a powerful moment he absolutely nailed it he took the reins of what it means to be Captain America and really expressed it phenomenally to try to convince the senators on what to do. The cameras are rolling. Bucky's smiling in the background. It looks like Bucky has a crush on, on Sam's sister, which at some point I'm sure they'll try to explore that. As he always thought Sam should keep the shield, he doesn't think he deserves it either. And he probably doesn't after all the people he killed. But it's just one of those like, Yo, the speech was awesome, man. Once you get to that part, if you haven't already, or give me your thoughts on on what you think on the speech, because I thought it was amazing. I thought it was one of those things that really um, just geeks you up if if you're okay with it, right? Like, if you agree. Obviously, some people don't share those values that most of us share or have a thing against a certain race. This ain't for you. Um, you probably shouldn't be listening to my stuff either because that's not who I am. But, uh, you know, there's been a struggle for years and, and they kind of explore some of that stuff. So that's, that's cool. The suit looks awesome. Bucky's arm looks awesome. We see some of the Adora Majai, I think that's how you say it from Wakanda as they're trying to bring Zemo back to justice. Um, next up for Disney plus and the Marvel side, it looks like it's going to be Loki. And this didn't really set it up too much, but I guess we'll explore, right? Between Loki, so Scarlet Witch, Loki, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, those are the three shows that are going to really set up Phase 4, um, although Doctor Strange is a movie. But those are the three steps that are going to stage up Phase 4. We're getting into an area now where we're changing. there's a changing of the guards. Sam has become Captain America. Bucky's probably more than likely not going to go by the Winter Soldier name anymore. Because that's not who he is. He's not killing people anymore. The Young Avengers are starting to, to come around. Um, we've seen a lot of people introduced throughout some of these shows that are supposed to be the Young Avengers. So... Hawkeye's coming out soon. Hawkeye's going to introduce Kate Bishop, who's going to be the new Hawkeye. She'll be in the Young Avengers. Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. She's getting her own show on Disney+, Plus, so that'll be cool. She'll be a Young Avenger. Cassie Lang, which got most of her damn stuff caught out of Infinity War for some reason. I don't know why they edited that out. But Cassie Lang is going to be a young Avenger as stature. So she's going to be one of those that can, that can grow. Um, a giant type. Um, I don't know if they'll do anything with Morgan Stark as uh, the little girl in the infinity war that Tony's hanging out with. Um, maybe she'll be Ironheart. I don't think she should be. I think they should get back to, uh, Ree Williams as being that, but, We'll see. I think we will see an Ironheart at some point, and it should be Reed because she's going to be smart. But it does change Shuri's place if they bring that. So we'll see how that kind of plays out because they're similar. She's a genius engineer, um, makes her own suit. But we'll get there if we ever get there. We got... Um, I mean, we can get a Miles Morales at some point. America Chavez could be a young Avenger. I feel like I'm missing someone. Who? What is their name? What is? So it's from Wild Falcon and Okay, yeah. So the grandson. Um. Isaiah Bradley. So I mentioned him earlier that. The Falcon, Sam, 
and Bucky go visit him. Bucky knew who he was from day one, so he's introducing him to Sam as to, as to the why. So his grandson shows up a couple times. Every time they go talk to Isaiah, his grandson there. Eli Bradley is the Patriot, um, and he is a part of the Young Avengers too, so that'll be cool if they let him take up the mantle of the Patriot. He seems to be coming around um, with Sam, and that can be a good way of having a mentor who looks like you, you know, um, help you come along, and, and that could be cool bringing that up. He might have even powers, you know, because, um, you know, bloodline, but I think he injects himself with something else later to, to get some temporary powers. Uh, but the suit that he wears, um, could, that could be cool. I mean, ultimately, that could be cool. WandaVision, um introduces the twins or wanda and visions kids so you have billy maximoff who is wiccan yo wiccan is a monster and what's important about wiccan um outside of him being an absolute beast is in the comic books wiccan is a is a gay character so um and it's much more than that like he's super powerful he's important and he ends up marrying hawklin who is um, a scroll. So we're going into secret wars. So we might even see Hawkling as somebody that will be a part of the Young Avengers as well. So they can take this anywhere. There's so much to those material and it gets me super fired up to even talk about what that looks like. You got Tommy Maximoff who's speed. He's basically a Quicksilver. We've seen him. Um, we have the new Vision who's a part of the, probably the West Coast Avengers. The one Vision... The white vision or whatever you can see him doing things it's absolutely crazy i'm ultimately this next phase is probably about um kang the conqueror we've already casted uh, nathaniel richards in the mcu um but jonathan majors from Lovecraft Country, which we've had a podcast about before, is going to re replace this role. But one of the things we'll see, because it's a lot of time travel that's about to happen, you guys should definitely get ready for that. There's going to be three versions of Kong. You'll see a young version of him who doesn't want to become the evil conqueror. That young version becomes Iron Lad in the comics. You'll see the main version, which we'll see a lot of, that Jonathan Majors is probably contracted to play. It's a being from the future that wants to conquer all of time. And then we might even see, hopefully he gets his own movie where he goes all the way back in time to like Egypt and he's considered a god. And we'll see that version of, of what it is. Um, Ant-Man will have a, bit, a lot to do with this as well, y'all. So I did leave them out of that first three. So Ant-Man, Doctor Strange movies. Um, and then you have WandaVision and Loki. All that's going to tie real neatly here over the next couple years. And you guys will see that. So I just want to talk about Invincible and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as they just wrapped up and fresh on my mind and wanted to have that conversation. Super exciting time to be a comic book fan, a comic book nerd. TV is incredible right now with the different series popping up. Um, Let's not get into what it costs to have access to all of Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, um, HBO Max, Disney Plus. But it's one of those things, there's so many things to watch and it's amazing to watch and so fun um, to see the things you grew up with coming to life on screen. Like a lot of people that don't weren't into comic books have been introduced to it because of the MCU. But that group of us that grew up with this stuff, watching the cartoons on Saturday morning or begging your mom to take you to the comic book store to get a new comic that you can read. Um, it's been an incredible ride so far, y'all. And it's only going to get better. Hopefully they do a good job. It's one of, they're at a, a point right now where they haven't introduced new characters um, and it could go wrong. The Young Avengers could flop. One of the benefits of Fox having the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and those other properties is that now Marvel and Disney 
can focus on those characters as being the main characters and slowly get everyone else used to the changing of the guard in the MCU to the Young Avengers or to Sam as Cap um, or whatever Bucky takes on. We're going to have a new, unfortunately, a new Black Panther. Who's going to take that mantle? But as we introduced Marvel's first family, the X-Men, that's going to be a bigger focus um, and it's going to keep us going for years and years and years. And it's one of those things which is crazy and super excited uh, to, to see that happen. So shifting gears a little bit, um, I want to kind of slide over to the video game side of things and just talk a little bit about how I am so tired of everything that's out right now. We need new games, y'all. Some A new shooter. I've tried some of the newer shooters. Not a huge fan. I'm big into Battle Royale. It started off with PUBG for me. Um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is where, you know, me, the Panda, Oso, Skull Crusher, aka Josh, we we played that for years. We played it on PC, we played it on PlayStation, we played it on Xbox. It was our first real introduction. Along comes Fortnite and really amps the shit up. I always I, I resisted Fortnite a lot playing it. I've been playing it some recently with Ray. Um, Because the skins are amazing. They've done such a phenomenal job of introducing pop culture to that game. And there's comic book skins and movie skins. And the game runs so smooth. But the building is just... It's for the young. You know, I try... It's not as terrible now. But it's just not something I typically like. I like the skins. And the game is fun. And it's smooth. Where you run into a master builder and that's that's just the end of it for me. Then you slide over to Call of Duty. Yo, I haven't really been a huge Call of Duty fan in years. Probably since the first Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare 2. Um, Blackout was a terrible experience when that came out. That was their first fray into what Battle Royale is. Hated it. It was, it was trash. Warzone is better than Blackout by... So much. That being said, I'm just done with Warzone, y'all. Like, I, I'm not the best at it. I'll admit that fully. Probably because I just focus on different things all the time. So, like, I, I play 2K. I play... I try to do Fortnite. I try to do Warzone. Like, I don't focus on any specific game. I play single-player games. And it's like anything. You got to hone your craft. Like, some people are naturally talented and can pick up any game and just be really good at it. Some people can be good at it by practicing and having kind of that Mamba mentality, which is how I am. So, But if I don't like the game a bunch, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put invest my time into getting better at it. You got to love it. And I don't love Call of Duty. There's just so much bullshit. Shout out to my buddy Zach, who a, was a big Call of Duty fan. And even he's there to the point where, like, I don't want to keep playing this. And now reports are coming out of... Um, the next Call of Duty being a disaster. Who knows if it's real or not, but they're really struggling with it. Warzone gets a map update, and it's... I I have to admit, I actually was very skeptical. Like, it's going back to the 80s. That sucks. They're super lazy. But it's new enough for me to feel like it's new, but old enough for me to feel like I know where the hell I'm supposed to go. So there's some. there's about six or seven new locations. Um, it does feel fresh. There's still... A, shitload of problems people shooting you from under the map and doing all kinds of other dumbass garbage shit but the map is i'll i'll admit is a lot better than i thought it was gonna be that being said man like it's hard for call of duty not to piss me off because inherently the meta is always gonna be one of those things and they're always gonna have to adjust it because of the loot crates when you can open or call in your care package or whatever you want to call it in that damn game and bring in your class. There's always going to be like this OP meta that they'll always have to adjust. It's not like the other um, battle royale games where you loot things on the ground and that's basically it. You know, you can in Fortnite, you can upgrade as you loot. That's fine. PUBG, you really just can get whatever you get on the ground and add attachments as you're going. That's fine. But because I can have that loadout, it really kind of kills it for me, man. Everyone runs the same gun. There was a time for a while it was just the AUG uh, for everyone. And it was just so annoying. Now you have the Farah, 
um, and the Craig are the main combos, it looks like, which admittedly I tried last night and I see why it's pretty nasty. I don't have all the attachments unlocked, but even without attachments, this shit is crazy. But I'm just done with it. Like, I'm not... I'll play it because that's what everyone else is playing. Like, my crew plays it, NR plays it a lot. So I play it because I want to play with my friends. But I need another game, man. I need another Battle Royale. We'll probably go back to PUBG for a little bit. Um, but all this rant, just to say, Battlefield's probably going to be amazing. So a couple things. Leaks are starting to come out. <clears throat> Uh, people that have had early access are really loving it positively. And that's pretty awesome. What I will say is, if we look back at the last time Battlefield had a Battle Royale, it didn't come out with the game. So I'm starting to realize that we're probably going to have to be forced to play Warzone for a whole nother year, y'all. <laughs> but Battlefield will come out in October or November. It'll bitch just be the multiplayer game, which I love. I love the battle. Battlefield multiplayer is awesome. Having tanks, jets, and everything that you can blow up and really have a squadron or a platoon that can affect or change the outcome of a, of a war that's much, much larger. Um, they've always done a great job of, of having that realism, and it's just fun. It's a fun game. But I want to say Firestorm didn't come out to like March after battlefield the the base game came out and i think this is gonna be the same thing y'all i hope i'm wrong but i think we'll get battlefield 6 in october and november and then we will not get the battlefield um battle royale version until a little later which i get it let's make it good let's make it right i'm super ready hope i'm wrong and it comes out at the same time um but it's gonna be probably free to play too because they've seen the success of all the other free to play games that are battle royales so it'll be attached to Battlefield 6, but not on the initial launch, which kind of upsetting, but I get it. So this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I know I kind of rambled. This was pretty much off the top of my head. Um, trying to do that a little more when it comes to podcasts, as I know uh, Panda prefers it that way. So I wanted to talk about certain things. I think we did that overall. Um Hopefully you stuck it out to the end. I appreciate you guys stopping by. I think this is podcast number three. Lobo by himself checking in. Um, the next one, hopefully, we'll have some more of the NR crew and really dig into some other topics. Um, maybe we'll do some collectibles. Me and also collect pops and we collect a lot of other stuff. We'll talk about, you know, that. Who knows? The end is, you know, it's limitless. I do want to talk about time travel still, though, in general, as a lot of things explore that. And I want to talk about what people would do um, if you had that ability, but that should be a group discussion, not just me kind of rambling here for you guys. I appreciate the love y'all. Make sure you share this to everyone, to all your friends. Give me some comments. Let me know what you think. Um, check out our social media pages. We have nerd related on Facebook, nerd related on YouTube. We have, um, what else? Our personal channels. So you have Lobo Malo NR on Facebook gaming Party Panda NR on Facebook Gaming. You have Osomalo NR on Twitch. Revenant NR on Twitch as well. That's Josh's son, Nathan, who is an absolute monster at gaming. Um, check him out on Twitch. And everything else is going to come, y'all. I believe in nerd-related. I believe in what we're doing. I think this shit is super fun. Um, and if you are you know, know me personally, I'm at the point in life where I want to figure out what I want, uh, you know, what I love to do and how to make that my main thing every day. So this is an, an advance at that. This is the beginning of what this could be. And I want to grow this as a crew or by myself, whatever it takes um, to, to make Nerd Related successful. Check out our website, nerdrelated.com and everything else for future references. That was a super infomercial at the end, but I wanted to get that out there. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify. Deuces.